Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, good morning. Great to see you this morning. Congratulations to all of our graduates. Uh, As we are, we're going to be talking about them a little bit. We're going to be over in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 19. Let me read that for you. It's a Uh, It's a good passage of scripture uh, that says a lot of very neat things. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. He'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and material possessions. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink, about your body, what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying even add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? Look at the flowers of the field and how they grow. They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his glory wasn't dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? That's the kind of thing the unbelievers run after. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own let's have a prayer father we look into your word now we just pray that you'd open our hearts and minds and help us to see the truths that are there how they apply to our life and then to live that way and in jesus name we pray it amen well if you've ever been to the circus before one of the most amazing acts you may have ever seen is the human cannonball has anybody here ever actually seen a human cannonball anybody all right one Two, three, all right, that whole back row there. They must have gone to the circus together or something like that. Uh, So a few of you have seen a human cannonball. Where the first actual human cannonball was a 17-year-old girl from London, England by the name of Zazel. Got a a, a, a portrait of her right there. Uh, She was the first ever human cannonball. Would do it for the rest of her career. And the world record holder is around today. His name is David the Bullet Smith Jr. That's him right there, David the Bullet Smith Jr. He has gone higher, further, and faster than any human cannonball in the entire world. In Tampa, Florida, at Raymond James Stadium right there, he went 88 feet high and 200 feet long uh, as they blew him out of the cannon. So that's, that's pretty impressive to think about. But what's any of this have to do with college graduates and high school graduates and other graduates? Well, 
When you graduate, it's like you're suddenly being shot out of a cannon. Okay, everything's been good. I've been in school uh, for the high school graduates. My parents have been there. They've loved me. They've taken care of me. I'm in this nice little secure cocoon. And then suddenly they hand me a diploma, and it's like I'm being shot out of a cannon. And now there I am. The whole world awaits. What am I going to do? A lot of fear, a lot of anxiety as you're hurling through the air away from the safety and the security that you've known over the last few years. Our scripture today over in Matthew chapter 6 is from the Sermon on the Mount, that greatest sermon that Jesus ever preached. And Jesus is talking about knowing what's really important in life and getting your priorities straight. And as we think about graduating and moving on, there's never a better time than to look at what's really important and to get our priorities straight. This graduating class is actually fairly special to me, uh, and one of the main reasons is these are the children that were born the year that I came to this church. And so for a few of them, I've been the only pastor they've ever known since the day they were born. And so that explains why they're so messed up. If you look at it, you know, I love it, you know, it's easy to understand, uh, you know, at, at that point. Uh, Mary Hoffman says, I am a, she is a visual representation of how long I've been at the church. The older she gets, the longer I've been here. So I guess what that means is when Mary starts getting gray hair, my time on this earth is short. You know, I, I don't know. You know, that's kind of what it is. This is a special group uh, because of some of that. So what are some of the things, as we look in our scriptures, there's three main things I want to talk about as you go out, as you start this new adventure in life uh, that Jesus gives us as things that we should remember. And the first is this. We need to concentrate on the things that are the most important. Concentrate on the things that are the most important. Now, this is for any area of life, any season of life that you may be in. And the things that are important in life may vary from one time to another. If you've just had a baby, maybe this is a time in life you're, 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 uh, you're worried about your child and that child growing up. You may be starting a new job and you're looking at that, that new job and what's going on there. There will be different challenges, different things are important in every stage of life, but some things will always be important no matter what stage that you're in. So look down to verses 19 and 20. In verses 19 and 20, Jesus tells us that we need to decide going into this what our main priorities are. He says, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where malls and vermins destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where malls and vermin don't destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So Jesus talks about our priorities in life as being treasures as being treasures. These things that you make as the most important thing in your life are where your treasure is in life. So you ask yourself, okay, what is the treasure? What's my treasure in life? What am I holding on to as the most important things? And the encouragement that Jesus gives is make your treasure things that are going to last, not things that are temporary and just come and go. We do all kinds of treasures that are temporary things, but how many times do we really focus on the things that are the most important of all? And that's why in verse 22 and 23, Jesus says, you need to look at your priorities because your priorities can either light up your life or they can darken your life. So what are you focusing on in life? How is that making your life better or stronger? Or how is that pulling you down because of where your treasure in life is right now? And then he gives a couple of examples uh, of, of, of how we should understand what this is all about. He says, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love the one and hate the other. 
So think about it this semester. What are some of the things that we think about as kids go off into college? They're wondering about, what's my dorm room going to look like? So they worry all this time about getting the right furniture for their dorm room or something like that. They worry about, am I wearing the right kind of clothes? Am I going to be invited to the right kind of parties? Do I have the right kind of friends as I'm going? And these are the things that they're concentrating on and they're worrying about. But the simple fact of the matter is you can have the most fashionable clothes and the fashion will change by the next semester. You may have one group of friends this semester and a whole other group of friends the next semester. The things that we worry about, the things that we make important in our life are often not things that last. They're not things that are the most important. And so we need to ask ourselves, what are my priorities? What's really going on? How am I arranging my life right now? Uh, in a former church that I pastored, uh, I was overhearing a conversation between two of the college kids that were in our church. One of them, their parents had really sacrificed to send them to college, but when she got there, the only thing she did was party all the time. She never went to class. She was on academic probation, and she was probably going to get kicked out of school. And she was having a conversation, they didn't know I could hear them, with another of the kids in school, and she said this, college is so boring, there's never anything to do. And I almost started laughing out loud because he said to her, well, you could break up the boring by, you know, going to class or something. You know, that, that might break it up for you a little bit, you know. So, you know, what are your priorities as you're getting in there and you're really doing it? So let me give you some things I think might be priorities, especially for our graduates as they're looking forward. The number one thing is this, put God first. Put God first. This is going to be the priority at any stage of your life. Because if you put God first, everything else we're going to see will begin to fall into place. So how do you do that if you're a high school graduate going off to college? The number one way is this. You need to immediately get involved in uh, like the Baptist Student Union, a local church, a local Bible study, because this is what statistics tell us. If kids who go off to school are not involved in a local church or in a church ministry the first three weeks that they are in college, they will not attend in the whole four years they are there. If they do not get involved in the first three weeks, they will not attend in the four years that they are there. The habits you form at the beginning become habits that you take on the rest of the time that you were there. If it becomes light, it stays light. If it becomes darkness, how deep is that darkness? A second thing I would say is be careful about the kind of friends you choose. Uh, your friends are either going to lift you up or pull you down. Uh, so you can either have friends that the entire time that you're there are going to be getting you in trouble and, and causing headaches or the kind that pick you up and encourage you. Number three, if you're a high school student going off to college, what I would say is this. Remember why you're there in the first place. You're there to go to school to get an education. So you might want to study every once in a while while you were there. That could be something good. Uh, I had a friend that I went to college with that did something kind of unique that I always thought was genius. I was just never disciplined enough to do it myself. But he got out of class around 2 or 3 o'clock. The first two hours after he got out of class, all he would do is study. He would go back to the dorm, go to the library. He would study for two straight hours, do any reading, any papers, anything he had. By 4.30 or 5, he was through. The rest of us, by six or seven, we were worried about what we had to do the next day or, or the project that was there, or we started worrying at midnight or something about what we were going to do uh, for the next morning or something. He was completely finished. That was just part of what he was doing. My classes are also going to include two hours of studying. But if you're there for that reason, if that's what's important, do it. And then finally, I would say, 
never forget that wherever you are, you're supposed to be helping and caring for other people. A lot of times after we graduate and that human cannonball takes off, we just begin to think about ourselves and worry about what we're doing instead of really worrying, how am I going to care for other people? What am I going to do to be involved in really making a difference in the world? In verse 24, Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. You either love the one and hate the other. So you have to get your priorities straight at the very beginning. Whatever stage you are in life, you have to get your priorities straight. I was reading an article this week about Mr. Rogers uh, from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. In 1987, a mom uh, called PBS and said that her daughter Beth was uh, five years old, was having constant seizures, and the only time she stayed calm was when Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was on. And they wanted to know if he could just send an autograph or something. Well, she got a call back about 15 minutes later and said, Mr. Rogers is going to call your daughter as soon as the show's over. He'd like to talk to her. And so he called and he talked to her and she said, well, I'm going to have surgery in the morning. And she was crying about the surgery. The next morning she woke up for the surgery and Mr. Rogers had flown in and was there for the surgery. Here's a picture of him right there uh, with her. He brought off his puppets because that's what she liked the best. He did a puppet show for her when she got out of surgery. He was there with her again. For the next 27 years until the day he died, Mr. Rogers would call her on her birthday to see how she was doing. He was once asked, why are you doing this for some little girl you don't even know? And this was his answer. Some things in life are more important than others. This is one of those things. So knowing what is important in life makes all the difference in the world. That brings us to the second thing that we see in our scripture passage, and that's this. This is really deep theology. You ready? Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. We worry about everything there is in the world. What are our high school graduates worried about right now? They're worried about, well, what's coming next? What's college going to be like? Will I even like my roommate or will it be the horror story that I've heard other people tell me about? Am I going to get homesick? Will my parents bother me constantly? Uh, where am I going to work? How am I going to pay for all of this? What should I major in? Don't worry about that. The average uh, student changes four times their major. So don't worry about what you're going to major uh, in next. What's the next step? Can I do this? Will I be able to, to uh, take care of the work? We're worried about so many things. And it's not just students. In general, in life, we worry about everything in the world. We worry, we obsess, and in verse 25, we're told the things we worry about a lot of times aren't worth our worry. He says in verse 25, there I tell you, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you eat or drink or your body, what you're going to wear. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothes? Think about how much time we spend worrying about how our hair looks. Some of you aren't worried about that anymore, but uh, uh, some of you still are, you know. And so we get up every morning and we worry, you know, does my hair look good? Is every, everything fine? We spend an hour worried about our hair uh, before we can even go out. Am I wearing the right clothes? Do I look good in my light clothes? You know, right now I'm struggling with my fat clothes, are, are, they're getting tight on me, you know. And, and so, you know, you know that, that's not a good thing when, when something like that happens and we begin to worry about that. Uh, we get one pimple on our face and suddenly I can't go out in public anymore. You know, the, you know, this is beyond me. And we worry about all of these kinds of things. Well, Jesus gives us two examples in the following verses of why we shouldn't worry. The first are the, are the uh, uh, birds in the air. 
He says the birds in the air, they don't have a job. They don't, they don't check in every day and, and get a paycheck, but they're not worried, and God takes care of them, and if God takes care of the birds of the air, he's going to take care of you. The second example he gives is the, is the grass in the fields and the flowers that are growing out there, these beautiful wild flowers that are out there. Uh, they don't work, they don't sow, and yet they grow beautifully. And it says if God takes care of the grass in the field, he's surely going to take care of you. Uh, on Dawn's birthday on Friday, we went uh, to Midway, just walked around that little old town there. Everybody walked around Midway. and got, Yeah, it's a, neat, it's a neat little thing to do. It got some neat shops and, and, uh, and nice restaurants and things. So we were driving into Midway, and we were going that back way through Frankfurt. And as we went through, there was an entire field of goldenrod. Now, goldenrod, the official state flower of Kentucky. And do you know what a goldenrod is? It's a weed. That's what it is, yeah. So only in Kentucky would the official state flower be a weed. You know, I, I don't know. But, but anyway, there's this entire field of nothing but wild goldenrod out there, and it was beautiful. I mean, oh, my goodness. It was just a beautiful field. Now, it's only going to stay like that for a week or two, and uh, then all the bloom's going to be gone. Then it's going to go back to being a, a weed out there uh, again. But it was absolutely beautiful. And so we're told if God takes care of them, you know that God's going to take care of you. So the premise is this. God, if you trust God, you need to realize God's going to be with you. And a lot of the things we worry about, we don't need to worry about. Look at verse 27. In verse 27, Jesus says, Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? What good does worrying do for you? You stay up all night worried about something. Does that make the situation any better, staying up all night worrying about it? No, it just means you have the same situation and you're a little bit tireder now uh, than you were before. Worrying doesn't do anything to help. It doesn't make it better. It can make it worse because you're less able to handle it. And so what good does your worry do in the first place? And then he goes on and he basically says that worry is a lack of faith. Worry is basically a lack of faith. Look down at verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more care for you, O you of little faith? So Jesus says worry is basically a lack of faith. It's saying I don't trust God to care for me. I don't trust God to be there for me. I don't trust God to see me through. And so worrying is just a lack of faith on our part instead of turning it over to God. Several years ago, Richard Carlson wrote a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, where he talks about a lot of the things we worry about really aren't worth our time and energy, and they're going to play out one way or another, and we spend all of our time obsessing and worrying about these things. And so don't sweat the small stuff. Trust that God's going to be with you every step of the way. I was reading an article in the paper this week out of Clinton, Illinois, uh, a child was taken away from their family and put into protective custody. They had some relatives that were driving in from out of town, but it was going to take them several hours to get there. And so instead of uh, calling in Child Protective Services, they just decided, well, we're going to keep the child at the police station as a toddler until, until the family gets there. And then the family calls. They ha had some issues, and they said, it's going to be five or six hours before we get there. And suddenly the whole police station goes into panic. What are we going to do for five or six hours? We're not equipped to take care of a toddler for five or six hours. Everybody's talking about what to do, how to do it. And finally, one of the detectives, a detective by the name of Claren, who had a toddler himself, says, Hey, everybody, just calm down. It's not that big a deal to take care of a toddler. 
I'll handle it. He took a break. He took the child out, got him something to eat, bought him some uh, Disney pajamas, came back, got an iPad, put some cartoons on, held the child in his lap while he began to do his work. Here's a picture of McLaren uh, with the child right there. And uh, so he does his work. The child falls asleep in his lap. A few hours later, his relatives come. They pick him up, and the tension in the room had gone down so much because there was no need to worry. It's going to be okay. I'll take care of it. And what God is saying to us, all this stuff you're worried about, it's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of it. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. Put God first and live one day at a time. Put God first and live one day at a time. Look down to verse 33. Verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So all these things we worry about, all these things we make as the most important things when they're really not, those are things that God says, look, I already know you need those things. I'm going to take care of them. You center on me. You put me first, and I'll take care of all the other stuff. You see, God's not trying to keep us in line or hold us down or anything like that. The, the rules and the regulations and the commandments in the Bible are showing us the best way to live. And if we don't live that way, our life is less because of it. And God's just saying, I want you to live the best way. Trust me, I'll show you the best way to live. And because I'm showing you the best way to live, all your life's going to be better because of it. And so we think, wow, that, that's, that sounds like something I should be doing, something I should be going with. I'm going to trust God. And then the last piece of advice is that last sentence in verse 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough problems of its own. Each day has enough problems for today live one day at a time the bible talks about god as being a journey as a matter of fact in the old testament the words that are often used for salvation are words that have to do with journey and travel words like that and life is a journey we're always trying to get somewhere and god just wants us to live the day we've got to just enjoy today so our graduates are going off and they're looking at graduating again if they're going off to college and God says, well, why can't you just enjoy celebrating your, your high school graduation at church today? You enjoy that today, and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, because I'm going to take care of all of it. You just trust me, and I'm going to be there. Graduation's a very unusual time, especially high school graduation, if the kids go off to college because it's such a big change in their life. You probably saw a week or so ago, David Harrison was on a fishing trip in the Bahamas when he got a call that his wife was having their baby. And so he rented a plane and he began to fly back to Palm Beach. Uh, and on the way in, right outside of Palm Beach, the pilot said, I don't feel very good and passes out. And so here's Harrison, not knowing what to do. He gets on the radio. He contacts the tower at the radio, and he says, uh, I'm a passenger. The pilot has passed out, and I have never have no idea how to fly an airplane. Now, the air traffic controller just happened to be uh, somebody that trained pilots as well. And they're both very calm. Has anybody heard, heard, the, heard the video? I mean, it's just amazing how calm they both are. If I was the passenger, I'd be going, Help! But this guy just says, I really don't know what I'm doing if you could just kind of talk me through it. And they're both very calm. And uh, so he talks him through it. He's telling him what to do. Uh, he ends up landing the airplane, does a great landing in the airplane. Here's kind of a picture uh, of them right there. That's the plane coming in. Uh, They'd better be getting the emergency vehicles out if that was, if that was me or something. Uh, a, a perfect landing, and that's a picture of, 
uh, of the two guys right there, uh, David Harrison, who was on the fishing trip, and Robert Morgan, the air traffic controller. A lot of times you go out of high school, you get out of college, and it's like suddenly you're being told, okay, your whole life, somebody has flown the airplane for you and taken care of you. Now you've got the controls. Good luck to you. And it seems a little bit overwhelming. The good news is God says, don't panic. I'm right there. I'm going to talk you through every step of the way. Put me first, and I'll take care of the rest of it. Let's have a prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, and we just pray that uh, we'd look at our lives and understand that instead of all of the things that we worry about, we just need to trust you, knowing that you've got it all in your hands. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.